Amen. All right, we've got to jump right into it because we don't have a lot of time here, and I will be, do my best. But I really have a, a word here I believe the Lord wants to talk about, and we want to continue to talk about praying God's will. We want to continue to talk about intercessory prayer. Last week we talked about it through a, um, through a sermon that Martin Luther gave us and uh, discussed his viewpoint of it, and I thought it was very, very good. Um, Martin Luther was. Um, what I'm talking about. But I want to continue to talk about how we find the process of finding and living out God's will in our lives and how important it is that we do that. We've been talking about prayer for a number of weeks. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, I pray that you would just give us wisdom right now. Lord, as we, as we, as we spend the next few minutes talking about this, I pray that you would just open up our hearts and open up our minds. Lord, give me the words to say and give people the hearts to hear in Jesus' name. We talked about prayer for the last few weeks, and prayer is very important for a number of reasons. Number one, we're instructed to pray. Jesus instructed us to pray. Jesus taught us how to pray. Number three, it's how we communicate with God. It's how we develop our relationship with Jesus is through prayer. You don't develop a relationship any other way than through prayer. Jesus prayed a lot. He was a good example for us. Jesus would spend his days in ministry, and quite often he'd go up and spend a night in prayer. And uh, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That Jesus, God's son, would have to pray. If he has to pray, then how much more do I? And it is also one way that we show our love for each other and how we take up each other's prayer burdens and how we intercede for them. It's a way that I can reach out to you. It's a hot way that you can reach out to your, to your neighbor and say, we're going to pray for you. So, so, so today we want to talk a little bit more about prayer. And I want to talk about it in the context of Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. This is Paul talking to the people of Colossus, Paul and Timothy. And he says, and so... From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, I have that in the uh, English Standard Version. Maybe you had it in NIV. I wasn't sure. So if it's a little bit different, I didn't make the words up, okay? <laughs> That's just the version that I was written. It may not be up there. But I want to talk about that. Let's peel that back a little bit, one layer at a time, because it's important to hear what Paul is really talking about. Let's go back, and it says, From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul is teaching and participating in the importance of intercessory prayer for those that, he have been give, that he's been given a charge over, and that is the people of Colossus. As soon as Paul and Timothy heard of the successful work of Epaphras to the people of the Colossians, they felt compelled that they had to start praying for them earnestly and consistently for their continued salvation and their continued working out their salvation. So Paul shows us here that intercession is very important, that he felt the need that he had to pray for their behalf. And it's important for us also then that we also need to learn to pray for each other and to share each other's burdens. Why do you think that it's important here, and why do you think that it's mentioned here that it says that we are, that Paul and Timothy, that they keep asking God? 
as Paul says, that we have not ceased to pray. Why do you think it's important that, they, that it's a continuous, a not an unceasing prayer? Let me ask you, do you think God hears the first time we pray? Or do you think he's a little slow of hearing sometimes? Do you think he hears the first time? Yeah. I think he hears the first time we pray. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't think we have to go, by, go and, and try to debate that as, as to, does God hear my prayer? Yes, God hears my prayer. If I'm a Christian man or a Christian woman, God hears my prayer. So why do we have to pray over and over again? I think for many times it's for our, our own benefit. It's more for us that we have to pray something over and over and over again so that it sinks into our spirit as to what it is that we're praying for. I know from my own personal experience, uh, when I get an idea, um, it may sound very good to me the first time I think about it. I've had a few of those. sounded very good the first time I thought about it. But as I think about it and ponder it a little bit, a couple things happen, potentially. One, it may not be as good as I thought the thought was. And as I thought about it a couple times, I thought it through, maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. And so I had to rethink my thinking and to, and to reevaluate my understanding of that thought. Or the other thing could have happened is that it may be a good idea. It might have been a great idea, but if I don't keep thinking about it and pondering on it, I might forget about it. Has that ever happened? Have you ever had any of those thoughts at night, those dreams that come at night that are really, really good, but come morning you just can't remember what it was? Or these good ideas. There's so many things that come across our, our, our radar screen, so many things that come into our mind that if we don't keep reminding ourselves sometimes of the good ideas, they just get lost with all the junk that goes through our mind and it goes through our, our, our brain. So prayer sometimes can be just like that. Maybe we think and we have to rethink what we're praying about, and after we hear ourselves praying a few times about it, maybe we find ourselves praying a little differently the second or third time because maybe the first time we prayed wasn't really the way we should have been praying. So as I make that prayer request and as I pray it again, maybe I'm thinking, well, maybe that's not the right way to be praying. Maybe I should be praying differently. So I can readjust my thoughts. I can readjust my prayer. I can be trying to find the will of God in my prayer so that if I pray it over and over and over again, I find that, I find that right thought. Or secondly, it may be just the right way to pray, but I have to keep praying for it so I don't forget about it. Because we tend to forget about things. And so sometimes maybe we just have to keep repeating the prayers. Maybe that's why we have to have a prayer board or we have to have a prayer journal that we can continue to keep those in prayer and keep that, that fresh in our mind so that we don't forget and we don't... Um, Ignore the needs of other people. It's so important. See, what I want to pray about, I'll pray about. And what I think is important for me, I'll pray about. Let's go on. It says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. I think this is the, this is the crux of it all. This is really the most important thing when we pray, that we be filled with the knowledge of God's will. 
Our prayers, like we talked about last week, are so many times the gimme, gimme, gimme type. And we talked about uh, um, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. And by the way, I was corrected severely uh, after service that I was wrong in a lot of my analogies. Uh, there was only five, not six kids. And nobody turned into a lollipop. They turned into a blueberry. So just, I didn't want that to mess up your Christian theology that it wasn't a lollipop, it was a blueberry, okay? So, but, the point, but the point of the fact of the whole matter was Charlie kept his eyes on Willy Wonka. He didn't get distracted by the chocolate. Just like we have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and don't get our eyes and don't get distracted by the chocolate of this world. Because if we think about it, our human nature is basically very self-seeking and very, very, and very self-absorbed. You pray, you do what you want to do. No matter how busy you are, you will find time to do what you want to do. I do. I'm just speaking of myself, and so I'm assuming you're the same way because we're pretty much cut out of the same mold because we're human. And our, our nature is basically about ourself. And uh, so I just think that we need to we always keep that in mind so that when we pray about other people, that those aren't things that are typically very dear to us. Because I'll pray about what I want to pray for. I'll pray about what, our, what my needs are. But I need to be constantly reminded of your needs. And I need to be constantly reminded of this community, of what this community needs. Because it's easy to remember what I want. Not so easy to remember what you want. Am I true? Is that true? Is that a true statement? So sometimes then we have to keep praying for others in a, in a, in a repeated fashion so that I can keep your prayer requests on the top of my radar screen and the top of my list. To be filled with the knowledge of God's will, let's continue on, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In all spiritual wisdom... And understanding. Understand then that if we aren't being filled with God's spiritual wisdom, we may be filled with another type of wisdom. Are there more than one types of wisdom? Why do you think it's important that He calls out spiritual wisdom? Because there is an unspiritual wisdom. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. All right, so now we know that there are two kinds of wisdom. There is an unspiritual wisdom, which is a wisdom of this world, and then there is a spiritual wisdom. And then we're to be filled with the knowledge of spiritual wisdom. What does it mean to be filled with something? 
filled with something. I had an example. I was going to share with you an example, but I just don't have time today. I was going to take this glass and fill it with water. Well, I'll do it real quick since I have it over here. I'm not going to get the speaker wet, Larry, so you can pay attention. I'm okay. I hope. All right. If I put some water, see it? Is that full? No, it's not full. But I have, this is signifying, this water is signifying heavenly wisdom. It's filling my, the, the, the glass is my life. The water is the wisdom. All right? This blue dye that I'm going to put in, this signifies unspiritual wisdom. And I put a little unspiritual wisdom in my water, in my spiritual life. And what is that unspiritual wisdom? It's envy, selfish ambition. And as I stir that up a little bit and my life gets filled with that, all of a sudden that pure water, which is what God's will was, is all of a sudden tainted. And now, because I'm not even full, I have a problem in my life right now. I have contaminated life and I'm living in that. But if I take the word and if I do what it says, and if that is if I, if I fill it up, and if I fill it up, and if I keep filling it up, and it overflows, and it keeps filling it up, and it overflows, what's happening is that the old self is being washed out, and I'm left with pure water, almost pure water. But that's, all, but that's because I'm filling my life up with it. I'm not put, I'm, I'm not, I'm, my life is so full, it's overflowing that it doesn't have the time or it doesn't have an opportunity for contamination to come in. If you positive pressure a building, in other words, if you're pumping air into a building, like a balloon, for example, you're blowing air into a balloon. If you have positive pressure, then the negative of the outside world cannot get in because it's full inside and there's pressure blowing things out. And that's what he's talking about, about being filled with heavenly knowledge, being filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, let's talk about this for a minute, because what, let's, let's, you can identify in your life, what are you filled with? What kind of wisdom is your life filled with? It's going to be filled with one or the other. Let's look at it for a minute. By listing the attributes of both kinds of wisdom, you can identify what you're being filled with. If you're living with the knowledge of unspiritual wisdom, which is what? Bitter envy and selfish ambition. Where is it coming from? Where is that wisdom coming from? We just read it. That wisdom is coming from the devil. It's not coming from God. That wisdom is not coming from heaven. It is coming from the earth. It's coming. It's, it's an evil thing. And what does it look like and what is it producing? If you have that kind of wisdom in your life, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Let me ask you, are you struggling in your life with not having enough money? Are you struggling with your life trying to keep up with your neighbor's lifestyle? Are you struggling trying to keep up? Are you living beyond your own financial burdens and needs and means? Are you trusting people? And are you trustworthy? Are you able or unable to rise above repeated sin and temptations in your life? 
Are you living in a constant sense of stress and fear, like we talked about earlier today? If that's what you're living under, then your life is not filled with heavenly or spiritual wisdom. And you will not have peace in your life. You will have discord and and problems all your life. You will constantly struggle. But that doesn't mean that the Christian life is going to be perfect perfect and, unst- and unstressful. That does, I'm not saying that. But if this is the repeated problem and just a repeated pattern in your life, then measure then what kind of wisdom you're operating under. Spiritual or unspiritual? On the other hand, if you are being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom, where is that coming from? According to James, it's coming from heaven. What does it look like and what's it producing? It is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. What is that producing? That kind of fruit produces peacemakers who sow in in peace and raise a harvest of righteousness. So let me ask you real quickly, what do you want in your life? What do you want to be evidenced in your life? Do you want the peace that comes with spiritual wisdom? Or do you want the evil and every kind of discord and evil that unspiritual earthly wisdom provides? It's pretty simple, isn't it? This isn't rocket science. Where do you get your spiritual wisdom? You get it by praying and asking God that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Going back to our glass of water, if I would have set that glass here and let it sit here for a few days, a few weeks, what happens to water? Water evaporates. And before long, that glass is not full anymore. And I think that Paul, when he was saying that, that we have not ceased to pray for you, I think, what he, I think it's not a stretch at all to say that what he's praying for is that we're constantly being filled. That the word fill is a verb, and it's, a, it's an action, and that we're constantly filling ourselves. We're allowing ourselves to be filled constantly with spiritual wisdom and understanding. It's not a one-time event. It's not just a one day you're filled, and then you just go on and never have to be filled again. It's a constant renewing day-by-day filling so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So as we are full of God's will and overflowing, we are constantly being refilled and refilled and refilled. As we are persistent in our daily walk with Christ, and living an intentional Christian life full of spiritual wisdom and understanding, accepting that God is answering our prayers according to his will in our lives, then we are able to live our life accepting the outcomes of our prayers so that we can walk in a manner pleasing to Jesus, resulting in bearing good fruit and becoming more knowledgeable of God. That is one long sentence that I wrote. And what does it all mean? It all means that how are you measuring God in your life? Are you measuring God by the way he answers your prayers? If he gives us what we want, then he's a good God. And we're good people. Right? (laughs) Trick question, maybe. If he says no to my prayer, or he says keep waiting 
for the answer, then maybe God's not so good. Or maybe I'm not doing the things I need to do to deserve his favor. Does that ever ring true with you? Do you ever feel yourself being pulled that direction? What happens to you, and Greg, Greg, this is what we're talking about this morning. What happens to you when you pray for God's direction and he seems silent? How do you handle that? You handle that depending upon what kind of wisdom you're filled your life with. If you've filled your life with spiritual wisdom, then you're submissive and you're patient and you're waiting. If you've filled your life with unspiritual wisdom, then you're upset, you're stressed, you have envy, you have discord, you have all this evil practice going on in your life. So when God says pray, and we pray, and he seems silent, what do you do? Keep praying. If you've been given a certain direction to go, and you're running against some obstacles, the thing to do is keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't panic. Don't say, God, I, I've been going this direction for a long time. I've been praying for you to give me direction. And since I haven't heard from you, I'm going to turn around and go this other direction. That's not the right thing to do. What you do when you don't have, you keep going until you get the next direction. If he says, go down M66, don't stop in East Jordan and take left. You keep on going to Mancelona. And then if you keep on going down to um, Lake City on 66, but don't get diverted on 131. If he says, go down M66, stay on M66 until he says, no, now go on 131 or take a different direction. But if I take my own direction, I'm allowing myself to be filled up with unspiritual wisdom. And when I do that, I'm really setting myself up for frustration and hurt. So when I am at a point where I don't really know the next God's next step, I don't panic. I just keep on going. I just keep on going. I just keep on going until I hear him say something different. And what that is doing, that is developing a relationship. That is what happens when, when we just don't know where to go. Rather than being an unstable man, like the book of James says, an unstable man is one that prays, but then he doesn't believe he's going to receive the answer. We're going to receive the answer. It just may not be the one you think you want. The, 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 the unstable man in the book of James is like a wave tossed by the sea. That man should, should think he should receive nothing from God. But that's because he's not thinking about the answer right. That's because he's not accepting God's answer unless it's what he wants to hear. That's not the way we need to be. That's not a spiritual man. That's not a, that's not a, 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 a heavenly spiritual man. That is an earthly spiritual man. So as we conclude this morning, how do we keep increasing in the knowledge of God? How do you? In the Amplified Bible, this verse says that we should be steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with a fuller, deeper, and clearer insight 
giving us an acquaintance and a recognition of God. How do you keep increasing in the knowledge of God? By reading God's word, by staying in prayer, and staying the course with a good attitude. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We talked about it in the Sunday school class today, about how do you win people? How do you be effective and relevant to people in this world? There's a lot of things we don't understand. There are a lot of people out there that are seemingly more successful than us. Really, really good people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you have a person that is serving God to the best of our knowledge with a full heart. And they struggle. What makes us relevant is this. Is if you're struggling, if you're a Christian person and are struggling, what keeps us relevant to this world is how we struggle. And that is that we keep a good upper lip. We don't put a pouty face on. And we don't go through the world saying, woe is me, woe is me. No, we don't do that. Nobody's going to respond to that. God's not going to respond to that. What he's going to respond to is a man that is dedicated and persistent in prayer. And says that, you know, God, I know I'm getting the short... I'm getting a short piece of the stick right now. All the cards aren't coming my direction and all the, all the analogies of that. You know what? But we hang in there. We hang in there. We stay the course. We keep believing. We keep trusting. We keep working. And you know what will happen? The victory will come. The victory will come. But it's going to come the way that God wills it. It's going to come in the way that he knows is best for me the way that I can handle it, the way that gives me the target. And the target is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want something here that's going to give me temporary success and lose the world or lose my soul. What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? What? What is, it, what is worth it to you that you would give up eternity for to have a few years of this earth? And I'm not suggesting here that we can't have both. Because I really believe we can. I believe that God will give us the desires of our heart in this world. And that we can live vibrant, healthy, healthy, did you hear me? Healthy lives. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We can live that way. And we can still have heaven. This isn't an either or. But if you're not getting the benefits right now, don't throw it away. Don't give up on God because you don't know what's right around the corner. You don't know your future. A, a future in fear is a future where we're not keeping God in our future. If I'm a fearful person of tomorrow, that's because I'm not thinking God's going to be tomorrow for me. But He is. So as we conclude this morning, as you stand with me, and as we... Um, Get ready to close the service. What are you filling your life with? What kind of wisdom are you filling your life with? When you measure your life, are you stressed? Are you worried? Are you fearful? Are there constant problems? 
constant nagging problems, then I would suggest that you re-examine your life. And I would suggest then that you start at the very beginning and you repent. And you say, Jesus, I am sorry. That's not the way I want to live my life. That's not the way I believe I, I have to live my life. The Bible tells us very clearly that we are going to have problems in this life. We are going to have problems. But he also says that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And that I am a conqueror. And I am more than a victorious. And I want to encourage you today not to be fearful. Not to be stressed out. I want to encourage you to go back and examine the spiritual nature of your, of your life. Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you reading the Word? That's the only way. That's the only way to keep filling yourself up with spiritual wisdom is by prayer and reading the Word. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way to do it. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, you taught us how to pray. You taught us how to pray by praying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that we would not form our own preconceived ideas of how you're to answer our prayer. Lord, even though we have our own directions and we, we tell you quite often what we want. And Lord, you're concerned about our wants. There's no question about that. But Lord, what's so beautiful about who you are is that you're more concerned about our needs than our wants. And that you want me to live with you forever and ever and ever. And I want to do that as well. So the only way I can do that is through a relationship. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the full knowledge of spiritual wisdom and understanding. Give us the spiritual wisdom. And help us to walk in that. And help us to bear good fruit in that. I pray. So, Lord, as we go to our homes today and as we, as we sing this closing song and as we go and as we walk out into the world around us, I pray, Lord, that you would constantly bring this back into our reminder that we don't forget, that we don't ignore the truth of your will and that we don't get upset if the prayers doesn't answer just exactly the way we, we think they should be because you are working a better plan in us. You have a deeper and a broader love for us. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would accomplish it. Have your will in our hearts and our lives. And let us stand strong for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.